0: Welcome to The Porchcast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started.
1: Everybody, welcome to this episode of the Porchcast where Kristen talks with one of our mastermind members and boudoir photographer, Daytona Lomidy based out of Virginia. And they're going to talk about sabbatical month, what that looked like from our client's perspective, um, and what it meant for her business. Before we get started, I just want to share a win from one of our dangerous school clients. Our client said, I booked another big wedding, five figures at an ideal venue and have a contract out for another one too. We love celebrating our clients wins. And if you're interested in Danger School, it's an online program and you can go to dangerschool.com to find out more information and sign up to go through the online course at your own pace um, and see all the changes and wonderful things can happen um, that can happen in your business when you invest in yourself. Enjoy the show.
0: Well, hey, and welcome back to The Porchcast. I'm your host, host, Kristen Sweeting, and I have the lovely Daytona here talking about our sabbatical that we just did in July um, because one of the things as as part of um, the Dangerous Creatives Mastermind, but also just in general, we've been so overwhelmed with life and COVID reality and work Um, and we've been seeing just like how important it is to take breaks. And so my team took a sabbatical this month for the whole month of July. And also a lot of our friends and clients did as well. And so I'm excited to talk through, um, talk through it with Daytona and just like process what a month off is, because I don't know if, if y'all are like me or Daytona, if you are like me and that, like, I cannot remember a time where I didn't really work. I got my first job when I was 15. I have been hustling my butt off ever since. And anytime I step away from work, it almost feels like my world is about to collapse. So I think there's going to be lots of highs and lows that we get to process in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to introduce
2: yourself? Yeah. Um, I'm Daytona. I am a boudoir photographer. I'm based in Norfolk, Virginia. Um those are the
0: basics professionally. I'm a dog mom.
2: Uh, yeah, that's, that about covers it.
0: I love it. I will. I've been wanting to start asking people at the beginning of the podcast, like all the different personality test things mm-hmm. to do. Of like, what's your astrology? What's your Enneagram number? If you know it, or your human design, just cause I feel like that to me, that's so interesting.
2: It is so, so interesting. Um, so I am a Gemini Sun. Let's see, Cancer Moon, Scorpio Rising. So a lot of feelings yeah. going on. Um, let's see. I haven't take the, taken the Myers Briggs in a long time, but um, traditionally I've been an ISFP and like have really resonated with that. I'm trying to think, Human Design. I'm a manifesting generator, and then a neogram, I'm all over the place. I always take the Enneagram in like a time of crisis. And so it changes every time. Um, But my friends who are really like well-read on the Enneagram are like, you're definitely an eight. And that seems to check out from what I've read. So yeah,
0: Yeah. that's the rundown. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm glad you're here and that we're going to get to talk about our sabbatical a little bit. So I'm so curious, what kind of, what felt In line, or I guess what was motivating about taking a sabbatical? What kind of like motivated you to do that?
2: Well, I think exactly what you just said like the fact that there has not been a time in my adult life that I haven't been working. Um, Like, I worked full time all through college. And, um, you know, as soon as I graduated college, I was completely on my own. And so it was just like, you know, working service industry jobs you know 50 hours a week and like on your feet and then transition transitioning into going full time with the business like that was a really labor intensive um time as well and so I just felt like this year things had been set up to where there was like enough of a cushion enough momentum that like why not you know take some time away and like gift that to myself as like a treat in a way Um, so it was wonderful, but not at all what I expected.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. So, How long have you been running your photography business then? So I
2: started um, like officially filed my LLC in October of 2018 and then went full time in October of 2019.
0: That's awesome. And that's a fairly quick turnaround too, to be able to build it up that fast. I
2: know. Like sometimes I feel like I'm not, you know, day to day, like the progress is so little, but then like seeing it all stack up over the course of three years is like kind of jarring um, how quickly everything moved. Like three years ago, I was literally shooting in a guest bedroom of like the shittiest apartment I've ever lived in. (laughs)
0: I always think that's interesting too, because when you're in, in the middle of it, you're like, I'm not growing that quickly. Like things aren't really happening for me. And then you look back and you're like, that was, was that really only three years ago? Was that really? only? Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. So it's definitely kind of wild.
0: Okay. So talk me through your sabbatical. Like what did you end up doing in that time? What did you, how long did it take to prep for it? All the things like, give me the download.
2: Um, so in terms of prep, I did, it was like probably two hard weeks of like working on the weekends, which I just never do working, you know, 10, 11 hour days, which I also try not to do. Um, and it was about two weeks of that. And, um, that was intense. I was really, really stressed. And then, um, you know, had a lot of things that I wanted to do, but, had to leave some ends untied, whatever, because I knew like July 1st, that was the cutoff. I was done for the whole month. Um, And so July 1st came and I basically immediately turned around and went on a road trip to Rhode Island with my best friend. We've been doing this since we were like 11, um, just kind of pilgrimaging up there, hanging out. Um, I love it up there. And so we were there for about five days And this was, I didn't realize it at the time, but this was like a very important trip in like a lot of ways. Mostly my friend is like deeply in her feminine, like the flowiest, most creative, non-bothered person you've ever met. Wonderful. I love her like a sister. But by the end of the trip, I was like, I gotta go like it triggered me so bad because I had been in like crazy control mode with my business for so long and that like month leading up to sabbatical had just amplified it and like I think everything with the pandemic and like I just upgraded to a bigger studio and like 2021 has been weird too like all of this just kind of culminated and I was just like clenching my fist. And so her taking like 10 minutes to get from the car to the restaurant was triggering me. I was like, we got to go. We got to go.
1: Yeah. You're like in a
0: rush for no apparent reason. Right. I was like, I'm on vacation. Like literally what? (laughs) And yeah. So it's
2: funny. Um, but it just, like, it really kind of created that contrast that I needed. And, of course, like, in the time, I felt very justified in that anger of, like, well, my time is being disrespected. And, like, had all of these narratives to justify it. And it, like, really, I don't know. It set the tone in a way that I didn't really anticipate. So I got home and um, for about a week was like I have to shut the business down because I love laying on my couch so much <laughs> like there's no way like obviously I should not be running my business because I don't love it as much as I thought I love doing nothing way more than I love working um and it was like I should just shut down and I should get like a regular nine-to-five job I should like take a salary that sounds awesome <laughs> and so it was about a week of full-blown crisis like quietly I was like brooding in my room um thinking about how yeah this was all just like a lie and like I didn't need to continue on and then I deleted all the apps off of my phone I got off of social media and immediately like within an hour like I was so bored and so I like went on my porch and like started listening to podcasts and started reading these books and it was all about just like femininity in business and like femininity in life and like allowing that more flowy intuitive non rushed energy to like balance out the masculine um, which was like definitely had spiraled into like toxic masculinity in my own personality so that was really like the rest of so like the last two weeks for me just kind of like getting to explore that getting to kind of dwell in that practice it at home all of that good stuff. And then by the time August rolled around, I felt like I was like ready to go and like start implementing these things into business. So that's kind of how it went.
0: That's amazing. And I want to ask you more about, about that, like the two sides kind of what feels like masculine energy or like pushing kind of energy versus what feels like feminine energy and it doesn't mean like only women have feminine energy, only men have masculine energy or whatever. It's like we have both, but what, Mm -hmm. what do like, what are some things you do when you feel like you're in flow? Like what does Daytona do in that, in that flowy state versus what does Daytona do when you're like in the other, other state? Totally. Um,
2: I think mean when we talk about like the polarity of like masculine and feminine I think that there's like the healthy and the toxic as well so like in healthy feminine I'm like really creative and I'm like at the antique store and touching everything and like playing dress up and like I you know wear something fun to the grocery store and it's just like it's really fun and it's really just like vibrant and unbothered and um Really, like tactically creative. Like, I woke up and I was like, I want to paint today, and I'm like, not usually I would not do that. Um, and I was like painting in my kitchen and listening to classical music, like that Britney Spears one. Yeah. Um, and so that's what it feels like. Also, just like not being super rushed. Um, you know, like taking time in the morning to just like be quiet and do some sort of like spiritual practice, be it like meditation or tarot or whatever. Um, and really like being in touch with like my desires in terms of like, what do I want to do today? What feels really good? Um, and so in a more masculine sense, when it's healthy, I think it's like, I'm a really good planner. I'm a really good executor. Like I can really, really get shit done. Um, but on the more toxic plane where I was like operating for a couple of, you know, months, um, it was just, like, control. It was, like, not allowing things to go any way but my way. Like, if they were, like, varying from the plan, I was, like, not okay. Um, so, yeah, control was, like, really the main theme of, like, where I was operating prior to that.
0: Totally. And sabbatical, taking some time off, being around your friend who is so flowy, like, what did that bring up around releasing control? Because I, I totally really – I'm excited to talk about this because <laughs> – I also tend to control things in my business, yeah. but I think I do. I come at it a different way, I think, than, I don't know. I'm excited to talk about it.
2: Um, It was definitely very, very difficult. Um, it was difficult to not see, like, as much money as I was used to coming into my accounts. It was difficult to... Um, like allow my assistant to really like kind of run some things and not have my fingers in it. Um, and then also I think just like not having a regular structure to my day also triggered some weird feelings of control. Um, you know, cause I pride myself on being a hard worker, but, um, you know, it was like weird not having something to show up for. Totally. You know, like I didn't have anything to plan throughout my day. Um, totally. So yeah, I was spiraling on the couch for a little bit, for sure.
0: I feel yeah, And I think each time we take breaks, it probably gets easier too. I feel like the first mm-hmm. time I tried to kind of take a sabbatical, because for me, my thing is like chronic overworker. My value mm-hmm. comes from what I provide for people. Am I able to make people happy? Like that's that is the – you know, default mode of, of me, I think of like this Mm -hmm. kind of, I need to help people in order to feel like loved or valued. And so then when you take a step back from that, when I take a step back from that, I'm like, ah, no one Mm -hmm. loves me. All my value is gone. You know, like it brings up all these things that aren't true, but it help. It makes me kind of look at like, oh, well maybe there's some priorities I need to readjust so that I'm not putting all my weight in this one thing over here. So when it's like, oh, sabbatical, that must be nice for you. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm dealing with like lots of mental shit to like figure out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think
2: like, I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of, I realized how much a lot of my like workload was just distracting me from dealing with some like real shit. Oh Um, yeah. You know, it was just a lot easier to say, well, I'm stressed about work rather than like, I'm stressed about my relationship, my home, like, you know, the future of the world. It was a lot easier to dial all that stress in on like this boudoir photography business.
0: And so I was putting a lot of pressure on it, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, um, have you been through The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron's book? You know, I have it, but I haven't done it. And I, it's been on my list for a while. I love it. And um, she talks about like work as being a creativity block too, of like workaholism being a creativity block. And Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering if, you know, taking – I feel like when we take those steps back and first have this whole spirally crisis, but then it like unblocks some stuff and some new ways of creativity because we're like, oh – overworking is not the way to be creative. That's actually distracting me from this deeper creative work that I could be doing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like I've never, yeah, you hit it right on the head. So if someone's, I guess like, what do you think, would you take, well, first of all, would you take a sabbatical again and what would you do differently? Um, yeah, I think I would
2: absolutely take a sabbatical again. Um, I, plan on doing it every year. It also like having that time off made me realize how much like I need to feed the more introverted part of myself in business. And so next year I'm planning on only shooting on a school year schedule. So like only shooting, you know, September through May and then having summers, um, you know, a month of sabbatical and then two months where I basically can just like work in the office and do more like big picture stuff and so breaking that focus up. Um but yeah, if I had to do it differently, I think I would be I would want more income coming in. I would want more passive income. That's like a really motivating goal it always is, but putting that like idea of like okay, what if, you know, you're not shooting for 3 months, will you be able to like maintain you know, a comfortable lifestyle? Um, so that's a big one. And then, the, I mean, besides that, I think having that open space is just always going to be super valuable. Like, I wish I could say like, oh, I wish I was like a little bit more productive, but like, I think having that blank canvas of a month was exactly what I needed.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't know if you experienced this. So my, how I structured my sabbatical was the first part was a two week road trip with my family. We like rented a camper van and like camped, saw the Grand Canyon, did all this stuff. I think it took me about five days to stop spiraling about work, like Mm -hmm. to stop like impulsively checking my phone or doing the, um, I do the app spiral where I'm like, okay, check Instagram, check uh, Check my email, check this, check this. And I was really trying to like take some time off of those. But even yeah. just like I pick up my phone to take a photo and I instinct, instinctually do just my sh- app
2: spiral. <laughs> the hold that these phones have on us is terrifying. It is, you know, and it's not, it's not a moral shortcoming. I think a lot of people frame like, oh, I'm addicted to my phone. I suck. Like, no, it's like literally designed that way. But like, it's kind of crazy. How difficult it is to sever that relationship, even temporarily.
0: Oh, yeah. And just that it took several days for that to not be my first instinct, too. Yeah. Was, like, something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to be upset with me. I, Mm -hmm. you know, need to be available at all hours of the day to put out fires, you know? like, And I had tried, I mean, for months had set up, even, you know, beginning of the year was setting up this is coming July. I'm taking off, you know? So it's like, tried to set it up and communicate so that it's like, this didn't come out of left field. You're not going to be like, Oh my gosh, Kristen's not available. You know, just like, but even then I'm like, Oh no, my business is going to spiral and burn to the ground. Did you have that moment? Um, yeah,
2: I think it was, that was kind of like a hum in the back of my head, honestly, through the whole thing, even through like my, you know, feminine awakening whatever like I was still like but what if it's not there when I get back you know like what if somebody hates me for this and wants a refund of all of their money and like all of that but what's interesting though is that like that feeling was still there and I don't know if you felt this like all of my clients were so excited for me they were like that is amazing all of their emails were like I know you're on sabbatical don't even worry about it take your time talk to you in August but it was still just like that fear, kind of like what you were saying, where your worth is like very tied to the services you provide.
0: Yeah. I, and I had some, some wedding clients even who were like, actually, this time is nice. You know, I, I delivered the weddings that were due to be delivered during the time. But then there were weddings that were not finished. So I didn't rush to finish ones that their due date, their normal due date was going to be later after sabbatical anyways. I was like, Mm -hmm. they get their preview and then they know that I'm gone and like this is a normal boundary. But yeah, I had people just being like, I want to do that too or it's nice to have some extra time to finalize my album design. Like I'll, you know, I'll know when you get back and I'll finish it up or whatever. So it was kind of nice. Did you see that? I felt like it gave other people permission to take their own space and time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I,
2: I don't remember if it is Glennon Doyle or, um, what was her name? Renee Brown, but they were on a podcast together. And one of them said, there's no such thing as one way liberation. I think it was and Doyle. And that sticks with me. Every time there's something like that, where it's, you know, looks really luxurious and liberating from the outside, but also it's really scary to actually do it like That goes hand in hand with like my whole mission of empowering women is like, you know, I hope it reminded people that they can and they should take what feels like a luxurious amount of time off, you know, and things will continue to go because it really is like kind of unheard of for adults to take off you know a month and my other friend who owns a business when I was spiraling about I need to just go get a nine-to-five she's like Daytona if you get a nine-to-five you're never going to be able to take a month off again and I think you're going to want to do this again I was like you know what man you're right like that's what it's kind of about but I get what you're saying about like giving other people permission to do these like wonderful things for themselves as well
0: yeah And I like that you frame it as a gift to yourself because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times we are, you know, we're used to giving gifts to other people and over delivering and being generous and often exclude ourselves from our own generosity. Mm -hmm. Uh, My friend and coach, Natalie. Um, always says that. She's like, you have to include yourself in your generosity if you're going to be generous. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Not to, I don't, but I always forgot that, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is something that is kind of tied into, like, just womanhood. <laughs> like, that's the way a lot of us are socialized, that, you know, everybody eats before mom who cooked the meal and like everybody gets everything they need until, or, you know, mom is last and like selflessness is prized and like, you know, revered and um, having to act in a way that really questions
0: that is pretty radical. Totally. Yeah. And I, I've always been inspired by, I mean, you know, it's, it's weird, it's weird in the US to take a month off. But a yeah. lot of places do this just as part of their culture. Like this summer uh-huh. there was a few summers I spent time in France with my French friends. They're like, "Oh yeah, everyone takes all of August off and it's very normal and we travel and we do these things and like stores just close." Oh, like you're, you know, you need something and the stores close too bad. You know, you can wait until September, you know. <laughs> Life goes on.
2: Life goes on. Yeah. I love that so much. Like I, oh, excuse me. Um, and forever inspired by the fact that Spanish people just like shut it all down in the middle of the day, take a nap and then come back, you know, like it's not unheard of, but yeah, exactly. Like in America, it kind of is.
0: Yeah. And I think we expect our energy to just, we expect it to be at this high level of excellence constantly And at least what Mm -hmm. I've realized for myself is, like, my energy waves. I need those low moments, that month off where I'm, like, I should get a full-time job because I hate everything. (laughs) Like, I need that to then come up and be, like, there's stuff in that painful moment always for me that shows me, like, something I need to let go of, something I can change, a way that I can support myself better or support other people better. So even though it's, like, in those moments is my least favorite thing. Of those moments of like, I want to burn everything down. There's always some like little nugget of truth that comes out of that moment too. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Because if you had asked me like in June, how is stuff going with the business? You know, I was like, things are fucking amazing. They're better than they've ever been. Like, you know, just got this new studio. Like, you know, money is coming in. I've got all these fun projects going on. Yada, 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 yada. And then, yeah, having that space really did make me realize, like, oh, it's actually not going as well below the surface as it is, you know, on Instagram. Um, so
0: what did that reveal? Like, what did that reveal that, shone, like, shown some light on something you wanted to adjust? Either whether it's in your own, like, personal, you know, personal patterns or, or in your business? Um, I think just
2: scaling back my personal workload um to like 15 hours a week um i think that there was this subconscious complex of everything is so good and if i don't work you know at least 30 hours a week somebody's going to come take it from me you know like there has to be some sacrifice on my part and you know obviously there is i've invested tens of thousands of dollars in my business like all of this is kind of riding on me. Like there is sacrifice, but I tied it with like the clock in clock out. And so, yeah, working closer to 15 hours a week is a big one. Having those, um, non client work summers is a big one. And then hiring out people to make that easier, you know, and like making those investments and bringing people on, um, that can do certain things in my business a lot better than I can. So I have a list and obviously I'm going to have to go one by one and like slowly scale it. But, um, yeah, just realizing I would rather dwell in that more fun and flowy creative part of running a business, um, than feel like I have to have my fingers in everything. So like releasing that control, it really came back to that.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like letting yourself live in your zone of genius instead of Mm -hmm. feeling like I need to control all the different small aspects of this business.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it always ends up bringing in more income for your business too. Every time I see someone outsource, every time I encourage someone to let go of something, they're not like loving. It always brings in more money too, but it is such a scary thing to let go.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, especially like in the beginning phases of your business, it really does feel like an extension of you. Like it feels like a third arm and like you are your business and your business is you. And it's just like this weird, um, I don't know, like conglomerate and yeah. it's hard to allow like your business to kind of take its own form and like, you're still a part of it, but like no longer fully identified by it. And like, there's, that better boundary. Um, And I think that that's why outsourcing is super triggering for a lot of people. Like it's hard. It's a hard step to take, but you're right. Every time I've made any sort of hire, like it has been like that investment returns very quickly.
0: Yeah. I, I also not only like investing, it returns quickly, but when I finally get to a place where I'm ready to let go of something, As Mm -hmm. soon as I let it go, something else comes in. Mm -hmm. But it takes me like a long time to let go of the thing that I know I'm supposed to let go of. Even if it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a really good thing, you know, that it's just time to let go of. But Mm -hmm. I always think that that Mm -hmm. is like something that – that's a perspective that we get when we get quiet and we rest too of, you know, figuring out what's like a fear that you're holding on to and what's like intuition of something changing
2: yeah absolutely absolutely that's like a big thing that I don't I don't think I've met anybody that's like mastered like okay is this like a fear or is this my intuition um but being bored and like not having a lot to do really really helps totally um, um well, am well, I allowed to, able able to ask you like what you got like what oh you want gosh, to change from yeah. out of sabbatical
0: yes you are for sure um yeah so First part was road trip. Second part was Hudson's birthday week, which we just like celebrated my little Leo son who wanted every day to be a party and had all this family in. Um, So that like already on the first part of the trip, even though I was trying not to think about work, I was like, I want to simplify things. There's I'm doing, I have my hands in a lot of pies. I was taking on a lot of responsibility onto myself. Um, not only for like my clients, but also for my team. I was putting a ton of pressure on myself that I don't think needed to be on on me. I needed to like learn to let go of some control, let go of some things, you know. Um, so I was already moving that direction. Then had um, the week with Hudson for his birthday, and I was like, oh, I've always thought that my one of my big core values was adventure. I actually think it's family and connection. And the reason I love adventure is because it can create connection between friends. It can create connection between family. But like, actually, that's what's really important to me is that like community connection. So that kind of like solidified that for me. And then I went on my solo retreat, which ended very badly. I uh, went on a solo retreat where I was like, this is where I'm going to have my me time. I'm going to learn some things about myself and what I want to do next. I'm going to get inspired. So long story short, and I mean, I know you know this story, but um, I went kayaking by myself and almost drowned. My kayak started sinking. And there was this whole picture of being caught under this log and like me still trying to hold on to this Airbnb's kayak Because I felt responsible for it. I was like, I can't lose their kayak. I was holding my trash in my hands, like my Starbucks cup. Because I was like, I can't litter. I can't litter. It's bad for the environment. I can't lose this kayak. Like, I'm so responsible for this kayak. I'm I'm being held against a log, like actively drowning. And I'm still trying to like stay responsible for these items. Wow. And it was just this moment of like, you really do need to let go of feeling like you need to be in control of everyone around you and their happiness and their outcomes. You know, like as a coach, I care so much about my clients. I want them all to have amazing results and to be happier. Like I want so much for everyone I work with. But when I hold on so tightly to like, I am responsible for making you happy, like that does not end well for anybody. (laughs) So all of those things, I think like channeled into this, I'm going to, I'm simplifying a lot in my business. I'm, um, I'm working a lot more on my own emotional boundaries of what's mine. What isn't Ooh, Mm -hmm. that is a not fun one to grow in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah. simplifying boundaries and, um, like really leaning into my zone of genius and creating some space for myself to have creativity. Um, maybe try some other medium of creativity too. I was like, maybe I want to write some more. Maybe I want to do some other things. So anyway, creating like intentional pockets of creative time.
2: Yeah. That's so important. And what a wild metaphor. I mean, that's like I think that the universe could have like maybe dialed it back and like not put you in a life or death situation to like teach you that. But um, that is wild that it just like was kind of a culmination of everything that was going on. Um, I'm Isn't, very excited for you.
0: Thank you. Isn't the world crazy though? I don't know. I'm, I feel like I get very, <laughs> I get very clear, 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 things coming through sometimes where I'm like I don't know that I liked that I feel like you, yeah you could have dialed that back a bit you <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. didn't have to go that hard yeah exactly but, um but what so you're working 15 hours a week what are you mm-hmm. what are you thinking you're gonna what are you creating that space for what's really important to you that you want to put in that space
2: um in the space of not working or working
0: in the space of not working, I guess, like, what's the intention behind the space?
2: Um, I think just connecting back with myself, like, outside of owning a business. Um, and we talk about this sometimes. Like, it can get really lonely. Like, not only the fact that you like work and you don't have any co-workers, um, but also like, it's a different level of stress when like part of your creativity is learning how to create money um and so it can feel really really all-consuming and so um yeah I think just like you know connecting back with myself as like a partner and a daughter and a sister and like um you know a friend and like a normal human um that isn't just like having to be so plugged into business so like I've been going hard on like decorating on like making my house feel like a home or coming up on like a year since I bought it, which is kind of crazy. Um, that what you said about like making space for like creativity that isn't tied to paying my bills. So like my friend bought me a pottery class for my birthday. And I know it was so sweet. I had mentioned it once offhand. She remembered and, um, I still haven't used it, but you know, that's on my list for the fall and like, awesome. yeah, just doing things that feel really good. So that kind of changes day to day. Um, I've been napping a lot as well. Um, so yeah, more of that like flowy, fun, no pressure sort of stuff, which is really hard for me to take the pressure off.
0: I totally relate. Yeah. I feel like when I create space, I'm like, oh, I like cooking or oh yeah. i like you know there's just different things um oh i i like spending time with friends or having game nights you know it, it's i do you think i'm sure this happens in other professions too but i feel like i see it a lot with photographers and creatives of because we love what we do our work becomes so all consuming that there almost isn't life outside of it totally yeah totally. Anything and that's not that. that's not just you and me, right? Like I see that everywhere. <laughs>
2: everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I feel like you and I like have good boundaries around work and are like, you know, not in that like I literally am on my computer 24/7 sort of I'm um but when the mission is like so close to your heart, it's really really hard to not become fully consumed by it. And kind of going back to like not really being able to separate yourself from your business and your business from yourself. And it just feels so, so deeply personal. Um, but yeah, it does kind of like, it runs the risk of swallowing you up. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, totally. And so while I do feel like it's, you know, everything does blend together. Work-life balance isn't really balanced. It kind of does this. I do think it's good to kind of have Boundaries around things that you really love and not pull them into work too. Absolutely. Well, I mean,
2: I think you can approach it like any other relationship. You know, if uh, Ryan, my boyfriend and I spend every single minute of five days with each other, like there's going to be a lot of stress on that relationship. You know, we both need alone time and we've established that over the last year of living together. And so to think that we can have a relationship with our business that doesn't follow the same rules of any other friendship, relationship, whatever is kind of naive on our part,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just the kind of natural codependency, I think we develop with our business of, Oh, if we step away for one second, it won't be okay. Instead of trusting ourselves, trusting what we've, especially if you're not in the first year of your business, like, I feel like first year of business You do put a ton of, you just got to go for it.
2: (laughs) You just got to do it. Yeah. You just got to put your head down and that's, you know, getting to take a month off in year three is reaping the rewards of the fact that like I was, you know, working from 8am to 11pm, seven days a week. Um, It sucks and it's not healthy, but I mean, it's, it's an undertaking and the reward is 100% worth it, but you can't. Operate like that forever.
0: Yeah. So what are some other ways that you have like experienced letting go in your business? What has that looked like? Or um have you ever, yeah, I guess have you ever like that control we've talked about, have you ever experienced letting go of something and then seeing it work out better down the line? Um uh, let's see. Yeah, I feel like there's a time. Let me just gather them. Um Hiring
2: my assistant was definitely, like, it was at, like, kind of a critical time in the business where um, I, you know, was about to move into this new studio and, like, things were just about to, like, get a lot more expensive and I was just, like, stressed out of my mind Um, and it was really getting to that high-volume studio capacity Um, and I was trying to do it all by myself. And so hiring her to... Just like clean before I shoot, and like grab all the supplies that I need, and she's just like freaking organized, and it's like plugging all of my batteries and and making sure everything is where it needs to be. Um, that has, I mean, I'm sure I could measure the financial impact that that's had, like that return on financial investment, but the well being that has been returned to me has been incredible. Um, I mean signing up you know for your mastermind that was very scary to have you know something that that was more expensive than my mortgage or my rent at the time that was like a really scary step Um, and has just like I don't know yeah just expanded space for everything for things like this like I don't think I would have taken a month off and like backpedaling that i think if i hadn't taken that taken that month off i don't know if things would have lasted for more than like a year and a half two years from now like if i had just kept going at that pace without making all these realizations so um yeah i don't know what you said about like when you make space like you kind of have to do it with the faith that something is going to come and fill it um but it always does You just have to make that like first step to be like, okay, I'm
0: ready. Yeah, exactly. I know. I I relate business to dating a lot too because I think Mm -hmm. they are so similar. Um, Of like, so, um, and my I love I love swiping for my friends on their dating apps. (laughs) I always forget which way you're supposed to swipe. They're (laughs) like, what? You which way to swipe? But I'm like, oh my gosh, this person looks really though. You know, you you see all kinds of things on those apps, but. when I do I, kind of the, use that. The yeah, cuz it was kind yeah. of entertaining, right? You're like, oh, sure. who am I going to find today? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly.
0: What, weird thing are they going to say to me. Um mm-hmm. but before I met Andrew, we just got, you know, who we, I just married him in November, which is crazy too that we're almost up on a year. But um before I met him, I had been like kind of dating a few people that I knew were not maybe not my, not my person, but you know, mm-hmm. when you're like in a moment of feeling kind of sad or feeling like, um, you know, you want to talk to someone, I was letting people take up my energetic space longer than I knew than longer than they needed to, to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was a moment where I was like, this isn't actually what I want anymore. And it was mm-hmm. a very clear one day I was like, I'm tired of them being able to text me whenever I want, whenever they want out of the blue when I haven't talked to them in months and they're just jumping in my space. I'm like, I don't want that anymore. I'm not here for that anymore. Um, and I energetically, like, I, I blocked all of them. I was like, I don't want them contacting me. I don't want, and it wasn't like they had done anything horrible. It just was, I was not going to be available for that Mm -hmm. anymore. And Mm -hmm. I blocked everybody. And I downloaded a dating app that day. Cause so I was like, I'm actually ready for a relationship now. And I matched with my husband that day or the day after, which like, it doesn't always work like that. But like, how insane is that? Is like, I was not available to keep those relationships around anymore. Cause you know, if I had been keeping those in the background and then met Andrew, we wouldn't be together right now, you know? Right. Right. And that just like,
2: yeah, letting that weird energy kind of like linger, you know, as much as we want to think it doesn't, it does affect like our aura, so to speak. And so like what you're able to attract is kind of like different because you have like this weird trickle of weird energy. Yeah. Um, that's such a cool story though. I didn't know it was like that fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's really wild. It's like that. I mean, It's the, it's the back burner energy. If you're always keeping something kind of on the back burner, like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. if this falls through, I have this other thing on the back burner, Mm -hmm. even if it's just something emotionally or mentally where you're like, I'm not going to fully go all in on this thing that I want because that scares me. But if I keep these guys back here on the back burner, that feels safer, right? Instead of just like, I actually know what I want and what I'm not available for anymore. Um. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like there's so many lessons for like that in business too of, of I'm actually not available for those difficult clients anymore, or I'm actually not available for people who are going to disrespect my boundaries or, you know, and like that changes how your business grows too.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: One, like, yeah, not being available for like small
2: things that you could outsource if you make yourself available to those things, you're making yourself unavailable to like the shit that's actually going to like move the needle and like make a really big difference. Um, Right. Yeah.
0: Do you see, because I know you're, you're doing coaching and workshops and things now too, which I'm so excited for the one that you're about to launch. looks amazing. I'm
2: really excited.
0: But do you see, do you just see boudoir photographers doing this in different ways? Like what's a, you know, really available for these other projects that they don't actually want to do instead of really focusing their energy on something else. Like how do you see that playing out for people? Your oh, absolutely.
2: With? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I see is that there are a lot of boudoir photographers who are like afraid to niche down. And so they feel like they have to kind of do boudoir photography and the style that is most traditional. And they're like, I don't really want to be shooting just like an anniversary present for some dude that I don't know. Like, I don't want to be doing that, but they continue to do it rather than, um, prioritizing work that like really lights them up and like really feels aligned with, um, you know, their, yeah, just feels aligned with their creativity, I guess. Um, and so they're like afraid to niche down because they're afraid to miss out on clients. Um, And then I'm in, you know, several boudoir specific photography groups and (laughs) there I see these like conversations that people are having with inquiries, like haven't even given you money yet. And you're like being harassed by somebody about your prices or something. And it's just kind of like, you know, it sucks. And I don't think that that should happen. And like people really are super brazen on the internet. However, you know, this is your bubble and you can just end the conversation and allow the conversation to be ended regardless of if they respond. Um, so yeah, those are like the two main ways.
0: Yeah. If, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point though of, oh, cause I see that in Facebook groups too, for wedding photographers of the amount of energy you allow yourself to put into a conversation with a stranger that's not going to hire you, that's being mean for no reason. It's like, what if you just weren't available for those conversations anymore?
2: Right. Right. And just, um, yeah, creating that energy, that like protective energy around your business and like treating yourself as an asset. And like, that's gonna, I don't know, you're right. It just takes so much energy and's it's like, You think about this is kind of embarrassing that I'm telling you this, but um, I found a pair of boots on eBay and I um, am like very pear shaped. So I have like thicker legs. And so I messaged this girl and I was like, hey, like, do you have the circumference of the calf? Because I'm not trying to spend all this money on boots. And she was so mean about it. And I, I don't know why I was feeling really petty. I was kind of snarky back to her. And she was just like so mean about it. And you know what? I thought about it all weekend. I was like, why was she so mean? And I was like, why did I respond to her? Why did I give her more space to be even meaner about it? She was literally like, they're regular size. If you have fat calves, they won't fit. And I was like,
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <thank you." laughs> thank you so much but
2: you know it really does like even such a petty interaction like that I mean that's really funny to me but in terms of like your business that weighs on you and that affects the energy you're putting out you know you're approaching what could be your dream client with like a chip on your shoulder um because some random on the internet just like was having a bad day and wanted to get to you you know and so it really kind of fucks with the energy of the whole thing if you let it
0: And I think those emotional boundaries are so hard to learn. But once you learn how to do it, I'd be like, okay, whatever this person said is most likely not even about me. It's about some other thing going on in their life and kind of just like letting go and moving on. Because yeah, I think that's why so many business owners quit or give up is like, is just getting beat down by customer service
2: yeah, porous boundaries around your business and allowing um, people to get in your bubble that shouldn't be in your bubble.
0: Yeah. What's your bubble like? How do you, I feel like you're very good at this. Like, was that something you had to learn? Does it come naturally? What's your bubble like? I think,
2: I don't like, you know, people post this and I'm like, every once in a while, I'll get a weird client and it's usually just like one or two emails and that's it. Um, but like, I have wonderful clients, like my clients are so cool. They're nice. They respect my pricing. They bring great outfits. Like they're so cool. Like it's incredible. And so um, every once in a while, when I get a bad apple, like I'm able to like, I don't know, approach it with the gratitude of like, thank God, this is just like a flash in the pan and it's not my everyday life. Um, but I think it really comes down to being responsible about the energy that I am putting out um and like not complaining on the internet and making sure I am treating my service providers like gold and investing in myself in like specific ways um really kind of creates that magnetism that works for my business and keeps like really cool clients coming in. Um,
0: yeah. I agree. I, you know, I feel like I, I see people that talk about um, bridezillas or whatever, which I hate that term. I'm like, I have maybe had one in 11 years that's been really difficult to work with. And I think it is when you have those boundaries, you bring in people that respect them and that are awesome. I feel the same way about my clients, both coaching and wedding. Like, they're just awesome people who, you know, like – are doing their thing too. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a good point is that like you get to set it before the things happen because mm-hmm. that's what's going to bring in the right people that you're going to love working with.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like a law of nature, like, like attracts like, you know, so like creating that, you know, environment within your business it is crucial.
0: I love it. Well, let's talk just for a second about setting up for a good sabbatical or setting up for a good break. Um mm-hmm. was there anything you did leading up to? I know you had a couple, um, a couple weeks of like intense work, but like what will what are you gonna plan for next year that's gonna help you have a good sabbatical both for you and for your clients? Um
2: I think tapering, um off clients like in the month prior so maybe not doing a full schedule up until you know the day before I leave um is just going to be a lot more feasible for um me and for them like it makes sure everybody gets like a great level of service um and then yeah that's a big thing and I think just like setting good intentions around like what I would like, uh, like, what I'd like to explore, rather, you know, because I don't want to control, like, I want to, like, I don't know, leave this sabbatical and have a multi-million dollar idea, like, I don't think that we can get, like, too, too specific about it, but, like, more so, I guess, intentions around, like, my emotions, like, how do I want to feel the sabbatical, you know, yeah, Um, and giving, like, a little bit of framework around it.
0: And you've been really successful with, like, vision boarding and using your core values to attract in things. Like, what are some of those things for you? What are some of the things you, like, want to feel, do you think?
2: Um, I want to feel joy. And I just want to feel, like, peaceful. And I want to feel very, like, grounded and aligned within myself um, and not feel like I'm just spread really thin and all over the place. Like, I – yeah,
1: yeah. Those
0: are like the big four. I love it. Yeah, I love it. For me, some of the things I think I'm going to do next year, it's like communicating earlier and more about the sabbatical, like setting people up for it. Um, Again, like going back to the core values, what I want to experience on the time. A lot of times for me, it's like community-driven or connections, like what's going to create really good memories. Um, And then – yeah, I think like communicating around how unavailable I'm going to be, just making sure people, right. are, I will not be available, checking in. And I, I did do that this time of like checking in with people beforehand, like mm-hmm. weddings I had, clients I had for the fall. I was like, hey, let's get our meeting set up either before or after. I'm going to be out of pocket for this month. Um, I also think it does help that a lot of people seem to take July and go on a vacation, at least for part of it. Like that yep. helped. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah so I think communicating more and kind of setting people up further in advance for it too absolutely absolutely because it's like you know when we started
2: the mastermind in January and it was like oh we're gonna take July off it's like cool let me put that on my calendar it also felt like forever away and then it was like oh it's June. Like it's happening really, really soon. And so it did feel a little scattered in terms of planning um, and prepping and making sure all of my clients were on the same page. And I I think having more clear boundaries about what my involvement was gonna look like in July, because I realized um, when I came back from Rhode Island, like I needed to be in my email for an hour once a week. And if I could alleviate that next time, I would definitely like to do that. But that was a result of like not having super clear communication. Um, And I think that that probably just comes with the territory of doing anything for the first time of like, I didn't know, Um, but now I do. And so, yeah, switching things up next time to make it so I don't have to check my email at all.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think um, I think I'm one thing I am probably going to shift is uh, my whole team took off too, and I'm like maybe we'll stagger it a little bit so there's at least one person who can be you know available yeah. for things. And of man I'm, the ship for sure. Yeah, yeah like kind of staggering the different times, overlapping. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then working on working on tools that will help my coaching clients have a successful sabbatical too of like, Mm -hmm. it's March time to think through your sabbatical and what you want that to feel like and things like that. So that was one thing where I was like, oh, I, I see that some more education around how to help have a successful sabbatical would be helpful. So that was like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what is something you're excited about? How can people find you on the internet? Um, people can find me
2: on the internet at Daytona underscore boudoir on Instagram or Daytona photography.com. And I'm excited for this freaking workshop. And that was like the first big project that it was kind of like, no, this like really, really feels good. Um, like it, was kind of a random thought at the end of June, but like I couldn't stop thinking about it. So, I'm excited to get everything just kind of like ready for that. I'm excited for everybody that's going to come. Um, I'm excited to have the dollhouse full of cool photographers. It's just going to be a really good time. So that's like the big thing right now.
0: You want to tell us more about it and about the dollhouse. I love the dollhouse. Oh, yeah. Um, So the dollhouse is
2: a pink Victorian-style house. It's, like, the oldest house in the neighborhood, fully restored, and it's what I use as a photo studio. Um, It's kind of wild. It's, uh, you know, I went from 500-ish square feet to, like, over 2,000, and it's just, like, so cute. It has such good energy. Um, And I just, yeah, I'm super excited every time I get to come here. Um and then the workshop is called Muse. It is specifically for boudoir photographers and just um kind of reclaiming the narrative around what it means to be a boudoir photographer, what it means to run a boudoir photography business, um you know, empowering yourself to make lots of money and to have like a thriving personal life and, you know, work with dream clients as much as you empower the women that you photograph. So, it's going to be a good time. That's amazing. Well, thanks for being on
0: here and talking about. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. All right. Well, make sure you check out Daytona's work in her workshop and we will see you next time on the Porchcast. Bye.